up, everyone? Josh White here, rocking the real tree shirt. I look good as a hunter fisher. It was on sale at the BX. It actually feels really nice. I got matching bottoms. Looks horrendous. Uh, but I love annoying my wife. It's so fun. She hates it. And I wear it with Crocs. Anywho, hey, coming at you with the new episode here. New episode. There's little man. There's little man. Ah, <laughs> that's my son, PK. Um, so I'm trying to block the toys behind me. I don't know if you've hey. noticed. This is Summer. Say hi, Summer. Hi. hi. That's my baby, Angels. Uh, I'm trying to block the mess behind me, so I'm strangely positioned in, in one part of this frame. At any rate, guys, I want to tell you, guys and gals, uh, guardians, airmen, I just got back from... The AFSA Summit in Dallas. I was gone for a total of 10 days. Um, and I got to say, it was life-changing. Guys, it was life-changing, y'all. Uh, hardest I've ever worked. And I say that because I, there, you just don't have time to sleep. That, that You see, every what we're doing is challenging. It is hard. But, like, there's so much to be done in each day. You're kind of doing two days' worth of work in one day. And so... It was challenging for the fact that the hours uh, were so long. And you know me, I'm social, I like to talk, I like to interview folks. And I found that to be very challenging when you're wore really thin. Uh, it, so, it was so obvious that I had a, a mentor of mine reach out to me and ask if, if everything was okay because of how I sounded uh, on these interviews. You're about to hear one on where I was. I was so tired, I don't even know what we talked about. I had to go back and rewatch it. Um, but it's 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 great because it's Sully. It's a master sergeant at the Pentagon. He's just getting after it. Um, he's so wise. He's always dropping nuggets of wisdom on us. And I love the guy so much. Um, I'm so blessed that I met him and had him in my life. I was in charge of the influencers this year and kind of managing that program, growing it. And we totally did so. Um, I had Martin Foster of Passing the Torch podcast. He came out, absolutely crushed it. I had Sully, who you're about to hear, come out just for a specific interview, did amazing. Uh, and he's from Maximize the Moment podcast. Um, we had Rye Roast. Okay, search Rye Roast on TikTok or on Instagram. Massive, absolutely massive online presence. Has an incredible message. She's an incredible person. She came out on her own dime. No less. Um, and so huge thank you to everyone that involved. UMU, of course, their whole team always shows up, which is fantastic uh, because they just everyone wants to meet them and they're interacting with everyone. And they just did a tremendous amount of interviews and connections. And it was a it was a whole thing, y'all. If you've never been to the AFSA Summit, you are missing out. You are missing out. Uh, and to me, it's a shame that so many people don't know about it, including me. Okay. That's including me. I only went for the first time last year and two years before that, uh, chief Katie McCool took me to AFA, which is kind of in a similar vein. Um, so I was already a master sergeant by the time I figured any of this stuff out and the, co the connections, the networking, the inspirational stories you hear, the doors that this ultimately opens for your mind, your own development, and your career potentially if you talk to the right person. You know, for you to not go, if you're an airman or guardian, you are at a tremendous disadvantage to those who did go.
tremendous. And, you know, a lot of people won't tell you that. I will tell you that. I will keep it real with you. And it's the truth. And so you need to go to these things that are important for your self-development, your networking, and just what makes you unique. Um, sometimes it just takes having that one conversation to change your entire life. One conversation could be waiting, but if you're not there, then it's not going to happen. So make sure you get out there next year. It's going to be uh, in Houston in August. Get with your local AFSA chapter right now. Figure out who that is and join their team. Also, let your supervisor know that next year you would like a permissive TDY because they have the funds for that. Okay, they can send you. It is a thing. Put it on their radar now. Don't wait. Don't be a master sergeant and find out that I was missing out on the Air Force Super Bowl every year of my entire career. I didn't even know it existed. I've been twice, and my life has changed dramatically from both of those visits. Today's guest is Sully from Maximize the Moment podcast, Master Sergeant at the Pentagon, uh, husband, father, athlete, Christian, podcaster, love the guy. Um, and we just had such an incredible talk. So when I talk with Sully on this episode, we talk about so many cool things, setting a foundation to grow tall trees. You see, Sully compares all these things in life um, to inanimate objects. And, you know, you at first you're like, what? But by the end of it, you're like, oh my gosh, what? And so such a cool guy. Uh, we talk about how you're an ecosystem like everything you bring to the table for your family and for work, it's an ecosystem. Like there's a whole vibe to you. Um, the strengths, even the weaknesses um, can affect everyone around you. Super interesting take on that. Um, and how to sharpen your ax, how to identify and measure the Delta. And just so much more. We talk about Air Force gaming. We talk about self-awareness. We talk about embracing the dimples on a golf ball. What an incredible story. And he tells one of my favorite stories. And I still have it right here, Sully. It's a domino. And it's how this could represent such a small decision, good or bad. But a domino can knock down something exponentially larger than it. And especially over time, the domino effect. And those can get larger and larger and larger. And it makes tremendous progress one way or the other in your life, whether good or bad. But it all starts with these micro decisions, the domino. Uh, and so he keeps this in his pocket. I keep it at my desk. He has incredible lessons uh, tied around these inanimate objects. And I, I really can't get enough of it. Um, I was podcasting for the AFSA Summit. And so this was the Summit Edition podcast where we got to talk to other influencers around the Air Force, just like Sully. I want to thank the 96 Med Group and 96 OMRS at Eglin Air Force Base for supporting me in this journey. They've, they've had my back. They've been uh, great peers, great leaders, great airmen. It's been wonderful working there. And I want to tell them thank you for that. I got to give a shout out to there's a lot of people trying to help me secure certain aspirations of mine. Um, I'm not going to go through and name them all, but you know who you are. Thank you. And last but not least, I want to thank AFSA for taking such a tremendous chance on me by bringing me to the table, part of the team. Um, and, you know, we each had our own kind of profession, right? Like there's the, the folks who do the seating charts. There's the folks who do the script, finances, et cetera. And I was part of the social media team. There's live streamers. There's, uh, there's photographers, videographers. And 
You know, to be on that team, and I worked for Andy, who's a phenomenal human being, um, I just want to thank all of you for taking a chance on me, for allowing me to be on your incredible team. It meant the world to me. It was life-changing, and I'll never, ever forget it. I'll cherish it forever. And I just want to thank all of you for giving me that chance, and I put my all into that because you believed in me. So thank you. And with that being said, world's longest intro, if you're still with me, I owe you a hug, so let me know next time I see you, and we'll get after it. But if you're still here, we're about to roll into this incredible episode with Sully, Maximize the Moment. We're going to talk about dominoes and other little things in his pockets. And you're going to leave this episode super inspired, pumped up, and just just feeling introspective for a minute. Just just thinking about life. That's what he gets you doing, and I love that. All right, y'all. This is the hero's journey of Sully on the Summit Podcast. Let's this is the it. Summit Podcast. The AFSA Summit Podcast. Okay. Um, okay. I'm, t- I'm with Sully. The, and you're, like, famous around here, man. Did anyone recognize you? Uh, a fair amount of people. They might recognize your voice, too. You know what I'm saying? But this guy's basically famous because he's... Uh, you're just so insightful, man. Like you just, you know, we talked at the Waffle House for a while. It wasn't a podcast of, because the lady, um, she said they don't have outlets for our equipment because they don't want us to stay there. That's what she told fun, us. Fun fact. You remember that? I remember it. And we still stayed there. And in there the was race. nobody in the restaurant. There's nobody in the restaurant. Just us. But that was unacceptable and we had to go. <laughs> Uh, but we had a great talk, and, and what I liked about that uh, evening was that, you know, that was one of the first talks I've had with essentially a stranger. Sure. Without recording it. Yeah. Probably the first one in a long time. Yeah. So, Sully, I just want to say thank you for coming. I invited you personally. That's right. You are uh, a summit guest of honor. You are uh, an influencer that I invited, and that's what this is, the influencer circle uh, where every year we try to get more uh, airmen and guardians who are in the social media space with a positive message, and we're trying to get them here, and we're trying to really build that uh, because we've seen a lot of amazing things come out of that community, sure. and so that's why I invited you here. So thank you for making the trek over here. How was uh, how is it so far for you? No, so ASPA has been great, right? They laid out the stage as far as um, the strategic message and what the big why is. And I'm not going to get into that um, because we've been over that. And then we talked about readiness today. But before we talk about any of that, I need to say thank you to you for personally inviting me, giving me the opportunity. And then I need to let everybody know that that's what it's about. It's about the interpersonal relationships. It's about literally sitting shoulder to shoulder, right? It's about pouring into each other's cups. And so when we were at that night at Waffle House, like despite nobody being in there, we didn't have to do a podcast. It was about two brothers in arms sitting shoulder to shoulder because we're having a human experience together. Right. And so, um, so we, we were vulnerable with each other. We shared our personal lives. But that's what makes this connection, and that's what makes our first go, right? It's not the black and white all the time. It's the people behind the uniform. And so we got to get out of uniform and share our heart to heart. So um, we learn from each other, and that's where the magic's at. 100%, man. And you, you were just like... I don't even know who to compare you to. I don't think I've met anyone like you before. Uh, and I say that in a good way. You're just so insightful. You, you have all these, like, really fascinating stories where, like, you can tie in a lesson with some sort of comparison that you figured out that, like, I never would have thought of. 
And you just kept hitting me with them over and over. And I was like, what is happening? Who is this? Um, so I, I'm so happy that we're here talking. Before we start, though, since we're at the beginning, I want you to tell everybody how we can find your platform that way right out the gate. They're tracking who you are and where to find you. Sure. I'm basically on all platforms. Um, my website is mtminspiration.com. Uh, you can find me on the podcast uh, at Maximize the Moment. I'm the only one that's in there. That's on Spotify. That's on iHeartRadio. That's on Apple, Podbean, any podcast forum. We are out there. You can find me on Instagram at Sydney Sullivan underscore official. You can find me on Facebook at Sydney Sullivan. Um, but I am basically over all means, and it's a way for me to be able to step in the gap and provide some motivation or inspiration and hopefully add some value um, in a time where it can be chaotic or there can be some turmoil or people just need some extra reassurance um, in their day. So I appreciate that. And I also want to give a shout out to Chief Cordero, the One Delta 7 CFM team, um, as well as the 744th who sponsored me to come out here. So all the leaders that had a touch in me getting here, right, they stood at the gap so I could step in the gap and I could have the conversation. So um, that's what it's all about is links in the chain and, and standing together. So I appreciate everybody yeah. to include yourself. That's amazing, man. And uh, what's your current uh, role in uh, your current, uh, the Pentagon? Yep, so um, we work between the Pentagon and Bowling, but we're attached to the Pentagon in half A26. Um, I'm a part of the One Delta 7 CFM team, our career field uh, management team. And my role on the team, uh, amongst others, is uh, health of the force. So I deal with SRBs, retraining, anything that has to do with manning of the cyber functional community um, and how we keep that healthy and above sustainment, as well as giving airmen the opportunities uh, within our new modernization plan and optimizing that forward. So, Remind me after this, I have a med patch for you. Yeah, I might absolutely. have to go up. Yeah, I think it's up in my room. I'll get it. I, I did remember that one, which is actually harder to get. I forgot the unit one, but I can always get you that. But the med one is a little harder to get my hands on, but I do have an extra one that I found, and I do have that for you. Yeah, and I have the half A26 patch ready for you. So we Holy shit, what, which one is that? Is you that know this? what? I'm going to just give it to you right now. Whoa, what? Well, I'll wait till the end because I'm not going to rip it off right now, but I'll wait till the end. I just, I just go. You just don't, just know, you just don't know how they're going to feel about that. Yeah. yeah. But no, I'm looking at it now. There's a sword. There's a key on there, a lightning bolt, stars. Um, that's a fascinating patch. It says Deputy Chief of Staff. It, it looks boss. Yep. You know what I mean? And then you got the, just the U.S. Air Force, which means, you know, you're real high up there somewhere. Every time I see that, I know it's like D.C., Pentagon. You know what I mean? So you got some cool patches. And I have a med patch for you. Uh, and we all wear that now because we, we have this extra layer of training as medics now. Mm. So we have to earn that patch. Okay. Uh, and it's a really cool experience to get it. It was actually one of the... You know, in medical, like, oh, you guys are a little bit soft, like, you, you can't really handle field conditions, you know, they're kind of that reputation. But I got to say, with this training and where it's going, that is not the case anymore. Like, they're shooting us with paintball guns, they're chasing us all around, we got to learn how to shoot back, you know, put tourniquets on and get patients to helicopters, all right. while being shot at, like, for real. And the instructors were absolutely brutal, like, they were not trying to be nice. <laughs> so, like, so the, the, the medics with the soft reputation, that's, that's squash. That is not how we roll anymore. Well, so I've never uh, had that perception. Well, I was All on the, the flight line. Right. Like, they were out in the field. They were doing air evac. They were doing things. And the medics mm -hmm. and doctors that I worked with, uh, in my opinion, is not a skill set that I have. So, um, like, and it's life-saving skills. And so mm -hmm. I never had that perception 
I always saw that as a unique skill set. And I also think that as far as EMTs, I, I don't think they get paid enough to do what they do. You're saving a human's life. Right. You are mission essential. Right. We had a pandemic. Who did they call on? They didn't call on LeBron James. They called on the medics. And the medics were losing their lives next to people who were losing their lives. And so I've never had that perception, but um, whatever we need to do to get ready for fires, you guys are always there in the gap. So if somebody has missed that, then they were misinformed. Um, so I, I take great uh, confidence in our medic uh, community. So I, the reason I know a little bit about that perception is because I was, like, you, like I told you before, I was prior maintenance. Okay. And they don't, they, you know, from where I was sitting, we didn't know what they were doing. Sure. We just made an assumption and then that was it. And that was reality. <laughs> I'm just. You just knew when you had to get your flu shot. <laughs> and a hearing test. Knew, right, right. And now I give the hearing test because I'm public health. What's up? Um, shout out to public health. Uh, okay, so let's talk about our topic today. Can I borrow that yeah, for just a second? It. I'll give it do back. It. No worries. Um, all right, so we have two main topics that we're going to hit today. And they're pretty broad. So the first one is just back to basics, which I've been, I heard that a lot like when I first joined, then I stopped hearing about it, and now I'm starting to hear about it again, right? There was a time where like we would, we would always hear back to basics, back to basics. Sure. And then that just disappeared, and now it's back. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. The second main topic is adversity. So we have two really broad topics, sure. and I was hoping, you kid, they do that. I don't know. They just they open the door to look in. <laughs> Hello, ma'am. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Usually they don't come in, so my bad. Um, so yeah, let's hit that first topic, my man. What what's your thoughts on just back to basics? No. What comes to mind? What's on your What's on your heart? So, ASFA, right? Like that is the theme of ASFA. That is why we're here. And so. To wrap it around in my mind, right, there are different generations and there are different things that we need to do when we say set the standard based on the, the call that we have to answer. Mm. And so uh, there is this guy named St. Francis of Sissy. He was a, a pope of, um, and he was best known as a patron of ecology. So he took care of animals. He took care of the environment. But he said, first do what is necessary, then do what is possible, then do what is impossible. First do what is necessary, then do what is possible, and before we know it, we're doing the impossible. So before we can do what's, what's possible, right, in the global competition that we're in, or more directly what's in the unit or wherever you're at and what you're trying to tackle in your personal life, you need to do, um, you need to do what's necessary. We need to get back to basics and we need to get back to whatever that standard is in the black and white or what we've ironed out is meeting mission readiness and what that means for your, your sphere of influence and your sphere of readiness. So um, to use an analogy, right, we need to level the playing field. And so if you were to go out into the forest right now, if you were to go out there and you're walking along a trail and you come across the tallest tree in the forest, like the next logical question is, why is this tree the tallest tree? And so th to answer that question, you have to look at a couple of different factors. First of all, <laughs> There was no beaver that came along when it was a sapling and just chewed on his bark. Correct. The next thing, when that seed was, was thrown on the ground, it had the fertile soil to develop deep root systems and allow its root to just grow out deep so that it could grow tall. No lumberjack came by and just chopped on the tree when it was an adolescent, and there was no bigger tree that put its branch over that covered its shade. 
mm-hmm. right? And there are times that we are placed in environments and we're like, I can't grow here, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, grow where, where it's most fertilized. And I, and I agree with that. But like, we don't feel like that always in our environments. Sometimes we feel like our peers come along and they're like gnawing at our branch where they're that beaver. Or sometimes we run into the bee and the action orders of bureaucracy and somebody puts some shade over our light and we feel like we're impeached from growing forward. I feel like people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is we have to set a foundation to grow tall trees. We have to set the environment so that they can have the most, the ecosystem that allow them to grow tall. And then, so for right now, we have all these all-stars out here, right? Like you're an all-star, I'm out here, and sometimes it's just a victim of circumstance. We just happen to be at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Just like that first tree, and they just happen to grow tall. But no, we gotta have an ecosystem of tall trees. We just can't have a tall tree here, a tall tree there, and a tall tree over there. No, we need to foster an ecosystem together, right back to that mission readiness and standards. We need to do what's necessary and level out the playing field so that we are the most dominant air superior forest on the planet. So we gotta have tall trees. We need the whole forest. We need the whole forest. Yeah, we can't have that, just that one. We can't have that one. Yeah, and I love that, like, you know, the shade, that's, you know, people put that shade over you, mm-hmm. and then you kind of alluded to, like, moving, you know, help, helping to create tall trees, like, move, clearing that path for them, letting that sunlight hit them, letting them grow. There's so many different analogies you could, like, spin on that, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's right. So, I absolutely love that, and, you know, I, it really restores my faith to be back here at the summit and meeting y'all. Yes. Um, I, you know, this is where you see a lot of those trees. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get motivated just walking down the hallway. Right. It's like you, you just walked in. What's that, that place in California? The, the Redwoods? Is that what they're called? Yeah, the Redwood trees. Yep. Yeah. And there's actually out there, after some research, they're called like Hi- Hyperion trees, I believe is the terminology. And they've been around for like hundreds of years. Just tall trees. And I've been there. Have you been to the Redwoods? Mm-mm. They're just like phenomenal. Just like touching the sky. That's basically AFSA right now. Like, we just walked into that. We just walked into that. Right, and you feel that. And you feel that. And, you know, we need to find a way to, like, bring that back uh, to our units. I mean, ultimately, that's the the point, right? The point is we do take that back and we do find a way to, to make it better. Yeah. So I, I, love, uh, I love your analogy with that, man. So the next step to that is, right, I talked about the ecosystem, like mm-hmm. tall trees. So, like, we've met the standard. We did what's necessary. What is possible? And so to cage that, right, there's a guy named Dr. Gosner, and he went out to the Bavarian forest out there in Germany, the Bavarian National Forest. And he went out there, and he picked the oldest tree in the forest. He picked the oldest tree. And what he did was he got permission so I don't want all the ecologists, the people who care about it, like, don't, don't throw spears at me. He got, he got the permission. This is, this is his story, not mine. And he sprayed the tree with a bunch of chemicals. What? Yeah. He oh, sprayed geez. the tree with a bunch of chemicals. Okay. And what happened was, was that he actually killed, it not only killed the tree, but it killed 257 species. And then it killed about 2,000 and some odd, like, insects and different organisms that were on that tree. Wow. Right? And so the message there is that everyone is their own ecosystem. You have people that are attached to you. You have human beings that, that you are responsible for. Not only at work as a mech, right? You are a supervisor. There's people you supervise in public health. And there's care feeding and stuff you take care of. 360 leadership, we take care of our leaders. You're here at ASPA. You're taking pictures on behalf of SimSAF. You're taking care of your family. Right, you got kids, there's people that depend on you. You are an ecosystem. 
Damn, yeah, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, you're right, you're absolutely right. And then the next step behind that is, is you have to realize you're an ecosystem among ecosystems. Okay. So, right, trees communicate, and this can be scientifically backed, right? They communicate through chemicals they spray in the air as well as through their root system. Mm -hmm. Their roots touch each other. Mm -hmm. And so when you go down, you affect the other ecosystems. You're not just affecting Sidney Sullivan. You're affecting everything that I'm attached to. There's a draw to me because we're brothers in arms, right? There's things that I depend on you for I, or like I feed off of you with, right? You're an influence. There are people that are getting motivation from you just sitting here and providing this content. Dang, so I you're an that. ecosystem among ecosystems. Mm. And we always have to be sensitive to that. So when we talk about leadership, we're talking about influencing someone's mindsets, someone's actions, and someone's behaviors. So we cage all that within our ecosystem, the people that we affect and we're directly responsible, right? All those organisms that are attached to us, but then ecosystems among ecosystems. Dang, man. See, you see what I'm talking about with him? <laughs> You see what I'm talking about? He's already, he's talking about trees and, and just explaining so many things with just that simple analogy. Yeah. So you've definitely put a lot of heart and thought into this. Absolutely. And so I love hearing you, you come, you just have me thinking in so many different ways, just the way you explain things. So continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we talk about the ecosystem and then it's like, how do I foster that ecosystem, right? Because mm -hmm. we're all rolling this momentum forward. We're trying to increase this flywheel and this momentum of what we're trying to perpetuate um, within the given purpose or the call to action when it comes to the armed forces. And so uh, the takeaway is, is sharpen your ax. And so what do I mean by that? So there's two lumberjacks and they're out there. They're chopping wood, they're chopping wood, they're going at it and they're best friends. They're feeding off each other. They're talking, they're talking to each other throughout the day. So one lumberjack goes to lunch. The other jack, lumberjack, he's like, hey, I'm gonna beat you, I'm gonna cut more wood, so I'm gonna stay here through lunch, I'm gonna work all the way through it. So he works through lunch, he's chopping, he's chopping, he's chopping. They get to the end of the day, and the one who took lunch actually has more wood than the one who worked through lunch. And why is that? Why do you think that is? Because the, I mean, it's, it's the classic just task saturation. He just, he didn't take care of himself. Yes. He foregoed his own health to try to, to get ahead. At the end of the day, he burnt out. So, he didn't burn out, but to your point, the other lumberjack, when he went to lunch, so the one that was chopping through lunch, he asked him, he said, hey man, like how did you get so much, how did you get so much wood more than I did? And like, you took an hour break, like, I don't understand. He said, so while you were there hitting away, you were dulling your ax. When I went to lunch, I sharpened my ax. Oh, snap. I took the time to sharpen my ax. So while yours was dulling throughout the day, mm -hmm. I was able to get more done because I sharpened my ax. Dang. And so like, there's different ways that we sharpen our ax. We're here at ASFA, we're sharpening our ax. We're around all these tall trees, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like we're around these chiefs, we're around these airmen that keep us young. We're around all of our peers. We're sharpening our ax. We're getting in tune with what the message and what the call to action is. Now, when it comes beyond the uniform, because I'm big beyond the uniform, right? Like, I am Sidney Sullivan at the end of the day, right? I have people, so there are ways that you need to fuel yourself so that your, your purpose can propel you, right? Whether that's reading, whether that's uh, video gaming, whether that's fitness, right? Pick whatever way you do that and you find rest. However you disconnect, you need to do that. You need to sharpen your ax, which is gonna make you effective and more efficient. Was there ever a time you, you did not sharpen your ax? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So there was, there was a, and I paid a detrimental cost to myself. So people see me and they're like, oh Sully, you're all fit, you're all good. But there was a time that the younger Sully was trying to conquer mountains, trying to do it all, especially by myself. And uh, I would end up putting myself in the hospital, right? Cause I would train three times a day. Right. For real? You put yourself in the hospital? Yeah, getting rhabdomyosis, oh right? I'm gosh. sure you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Or um, I would just work myself too much and I wouldn't be present, right? I couldn't focus because I was all over the place. Wow. And so I didn't sharpen my axe. I was too busy trying to chase success and that wasn't well defined. And I was always chasing the next thing. And because I was always just moving, my feet was just always moving. I never took the time to rest and invest in myself the right ways uh, so that I could be effective. Um, and I never, so I never had uh, the three eyes. You gotta have the right intent. Okay. Which leads to the right investment. So right, you gotta have purpose. Mm -hmm. And when I say investment, you gotta look at your, uh, if I say, if I look at your checkbook and I look at, uh, if I look at where you spend your money and where you spend your time, mm -hmm. then I understand what you value. That's the right investment, right? right? So um, I remember when you told me that in the Waffle House, and I was like, "Dang, I'm, like, what? What does that look like from an outsider on my life?" You know, you just had me thinking about that, um, and and I mean, I feel like we're always working to make that better. That's right. You know what I mean? You have to. Yeah, it's it because life is just always changing. You know, especially if you're in the military, different roles, different bases. That's right. And uh, and even with my family, my kids are you know five and four, uh, one's about to be six and four, uh, and, you know, they have different needs. Like, every year that, you know, they, they change. They, they grow. They, wanna, they go through milestones. Yeah, they go through these milestones, and, and then I'm, I'm having to change that approach now, you know? Before, I could just be around them, and, and I could watch TV, and they're cool with that. But now, now they, like, need my, they want my focus. They want my actual undivided attention. Yes. So I'm having to constantly tweak that approach uh, so that I have... Uh, you know, I'm having fulfillment in all the areas of my life and not neglecting the things at the end of the day that I care about the most. And I think when I know I'm on the wrong path is when, I, when I'm at home, I'm worrying about work. And then when I'm at work, I feel guilty and I'm worrying about my family. Right. If I'm ever in that cycle, I know I'm on the wrong path. <laughs> That's my red flag to myself. Sure, right? Yeah. I have kids, I have three kids myself. So being present is always a constant challenge because we get so succumbed because we're people who care and passionate about what we do in our vocation mm -hmm. it's so easy to go down that slippery slope so if i don't ruthlessly prioritize my checkbook and my calendar then i'm not making the right investments right. at the right time so intent purpose checkbook and calendar your investment and then the impact that all leads me to the impact because if i'm doing all those things right i can be effective and efficient at the right times at the right places Absolutely, man. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what else we got? Uh, so we're talking back to basics, and this will probably be my last talking point on back to basics, is uh, identifying the delta. What's missing in this time when we talk about back to basics? How do, how do we go from leveling out to being the most dominant in the global power competition? What's the delta? And that, there's a lot of answers to that. And what I, I use is what I talked to uh, ALS about. And uh, there's this guy named Iji, and the, uh, he was from Japan, and he is 1955. Okay. So this is right after World War II. 
So, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, he's, he's from Japan, mm -hmm. and he brings his crew to America. He's excited to go to America because he's going to go to, like, 30, uh, like, car places. He's going to watch the assembly line was just built. Okay, okay. Yeah, so okay, he shows going. up. He shows up, man. Mm -hmm. He just shows up with his crew, and he's all excited. He's like, the America's the best. Yep. And you got to remember, America at this time was a very, there was a lot of racial tension. So there's a lot of courage on his part to step out of Japan, right. who was on the losing end of the war, come over here and kind of admire the processes that, right. that America. So he goes by, and he's looking at the assembly lines, and he's, he's waiting to be wowed. And he's like, hold up, like, that's off. Like, that's not right. We could do better here, whatever. And so he takes that back to Japan, and 50 years later, right, Toyota is worth, I don't know, fits somewhere like $50 billion or something crazy like that. And they're like killing that. it to this day. And they're killing it to this day. Yeah. And the term that they used was Kaizen. It's a mentality of always getting better, of constant process improvement, not just for its sake, but like I'm, I'm always excelling. I'm always looking to be better. And it's an industry term, but it's so powerful, right? Because, like, what is that delta for us? What does it mean to be constantly better? And how do we measure those things? Hmm. You know, have you ever lived in Japan? Yes. I was there in Masao for two years. That's right. You were in Masao, and I was at uh, Kadena. But so, yeah, the Japanese culture and mindset is just fascinating. It, it really is fascinating. And, you know, back when I was at Kadena, I was a Halo 3 pro gamer. This is taking it way back, right? Yeah, you uh, definitely took it back with the Halo. Yeah, Halo 3, I was a pro gamer. Uh, at one point, I was like 19th worldwide. And uh, I was on a team that was, we held the, the record for the longest win streak, oh which was gosh. like in the 800-something. Uh, we were just absolutely <laughs> crazy. How that sponsored right now? Like, well, at that time, that wasn't really a thing. Like, you had to be sure. like... I think out of all the teams in the world, maybe like five were sponsored. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I definitely mm -hmm. wasn't a top five team. Like that's, that was next level, even for my standards. But anyways, we played against the best Japanese team, right? And that was super rare because they don't like Xbox. They mm -hmm. like PlayStation and Nintendo. They don't really like Xbox. So I was very curious on this tournament, right? Like playing these apparently Japanese pros and there's only like a few teams of them in the whole country. I mean, it's super rare. And their whole style was so different, mm. so unpredictable, <laughs> that they completely annihilated us. They were, it, yeah. And I, I mean, that just blew me away. You know, like how I, I was so used to certain setups and patterns. Sure. And then when I played this different culture with a, a different way to look at life, they, I just could not figure out the pattern, could not figure them out. Uh, so I just find them to be super fascinating, which is the way they look at life, the assembly line. There's a lot we can learn from these other cultures. How is that experience co-laced with how you attack things now? <laughs> I, I think it, you know, anytime you, it, we're always trying to control the outcomes of life and try to guess that pattern. So I guess at the end of the day, it just showed me you really can't guess the pattern. <laughs> you know, you can, you can take care of yourself and, and be as on your A-game as humanly possible, but just understand that it's, it's not going to always be what you expect. Yeah. And, you have to, and you have to be okay with that. You know what I mean? And you have to learn from that. But there's just certain things that just aren't in our control. Yeah. Uh, and it also just humbled me. That experience really humbled me because I was like, I, I did not expect that. 
<laughs> if anything, it made me say, okay, I'm going to stay in the Air Force. Like, this, I, I'm not pursuing But you probably still play video games to this day. I do. Yep, I do with my and kids. You're probably still passionate about video games on a certain level, right? Yeah, it taught me, if anything, it taught me about teamwork, communication, um, really that, I mean, really that. Communi it's all about communication in those types of settings. Uh, and you're on the hunt, right? You're hunting and you're, and you're, you're, you're calling out certain spots with certain people and where they're at and what weapon they got. You're timing the weapons. So there's const you're constantly checking the clock, counting the timer, setting up for when that weapon drops. There's so many lessons, <laughs> I swear to you, it sounds goofy, and I think this is why Air Force Gaming and, and Space Force Gaming is a thing. And that's because not only does it build a, a community of friendships, but sure. there's so many life lessons in those games. Right. It, it's unbelievable. I actually don't knock it because games can teach us various things and they can be simulations for how we employ our forces. And I think you're setting us up for that next topic of adversity, right? And, uh, and I wanted to open up the topic with enthusiasm is common, endurance is rare. Enthusiasm is common, endurance is rare. Right? We can be enthusiastic about playing video games. You can be enthusiastic about playing Japan. I think in the Air Force we call them idea fairies. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, mean, I may be guilty of that sometimes. I'm that's a, that's a, it's, and that, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about the, the there, it's so easy to just be hyped about something and then do nothing with it. That's right. Right? It's so, it's so easy. And we, and we see it all the time. But I'll tell you what that quote reminds me of the most, and that's podcasting. Tell me. Yeah. And I read a statistic, I think it's like, it's some crazy, it's like nine out of 10 podcasts don't survive. I mean, and, and that's true, because even when I got my annual Spotify report, it's like you're in the top one percentile of, yeah. of uh, you know, the, uh, like continuing to release an episode every other week and sticking to that for the whole year. Yeah. That put me in like the top one percentile. But it was your discipline. Right. Which has gotten you to the destination. Absolutely. Right. You being disciplined and consistent is what's led to your destiny and, and allow the fruit of your labor to kind of show out in these kind of environments. But this stuff doesn't show up without you showing out constantly over and over and over again. Yes. And you got to really whatever you're choosing to invest in, you got to really love it. You really do. Um, and, you know, I took it as a challenge. I'm very impatient. Um, I can I can get frustrated easily. And so I don't, I'm not really in the habit of sticking with things, um, unfortunately. I'm working on that. Uh, and so, you know, I took the podcasting as an opportunity to take, to challenge myself, to take a different approach. And it was challenging because I, you know, well, first of all, people didn't, some people didn't appreciate it. Sure. Other people said, you know, you're an idiot. What do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? Um, and there was a time where no one was listening to it. I mean, it was like, my mom was like, oh, that was a great episode. And like, that was it. That's it. It was my mom. She right. was listening. I, f I felt your pain, right? <laughs> like starting a nonprofit and then trying to reach, find your audience, understand who your audience is, and trying to make uh, a content that's value added, right? Mm -hmm. Something that's going to resonate. And like you say, you're going to start now and you're trying to get your feet turned. You're trying to get the traction going. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Like your buddies are like, oh yeah, you got like five views or you got like whatever, right? And it's not about the necessarily the views, but you like you want to get the information out there because you're pouring so much of yourself into this craft and you just, you, you have the rightest intent to do it. But the adversity is the mundane of it all. 
right? There's no ma- but you got to find the magic in the mundane. Can I ask you silence. something real quick? Yeah. What would you rather prefer with your podcast? Uh, zero downloads or a hundred, but they all were criticizing it. What would I prefer? What would you prefer? When you say zero downloads, you mean just like no one's listening to it. Nobody's listening to it, or, or I, everyone's listening to it, but they're criticizing it. I'm critic. I would take the criticism. Exactly. Because I can learn from the feedback, <laughs> right? Or I'm striking a chord, right? Which is hitting something with you. But my point is that no one's listening does sting sometimes. It does. You know what I mean? Uh, that's where you gotta really hang in there and and be consistent and just have faith that you know it will turn around at some point. Faith, trust, but like something that a mentor told me, and I, and like people have heard me say this: you gotta be, uh, you gotta be deep in your values. You gotta be principle driven their principles got to guide your practices so i believe in this thing for these reasons which guide the practices which are the activities so yes zero people can watch my stuff but like or maybe one person but i'm affecting one person you are still a human being so like yeah you got to be very principle driven you have a big why behind this and i have the why behind why i do and my faith and stuff but like you just have to be principle driven that drives your practices. And so that's, that's where it's a hard thing to shoulder and it's a responsibility. But um, the more that you're dedicated to that, the easier it gets. Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of uh, the hobbies or anything we're trying to get good at, I, it, like, just like the quote was saying, the true skill can sometimes just be the person who can hang in there the longest. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That could be what it comes down Who's to. Who's willing to fight the longest? Exactly. My dad always said the winner is who wants it the most. That's right. Control the controllables. Right. And I've always lived by that. And But you also got to understand, you really, there's some things you just don't care about that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. And you, we're all competitive, and, and but sometimes you just got to understand that go. that's not you. That's the time to let it go. That's not you. We Other people are going to shine in that area, and that's just not you. That's and right. And you got to be okay with that. Yeah, that takes self-awareness, and self-awareness is what I call curative. And um, I don't know if we talked about it, but curation, like in terms of putting things in order, and curation in terms of healing. So when I'm self-curative, right, when I'm self-aware, right, then I understand who I am, why I'm doing the things I can. And so when something has to leave my life, it's not a heartbreaker because I know who I am and why I'm here. Right. And then that can also that can put my time in order, that can put my household in order, that can put the reason why I do things in order. But it also can cure the pain points of like in terms of emotional and like I don't need to hang on to this thing. Right. Right. I don't need to invest myself in this thing anymore. And that can be an emotional release. Absolutely, man. Awareness is curative. Awareness is curative. I love that. Yeah. So we talk about adversity a little bit and. Um, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to skip some of my talking points and I'm going to go to, to bite down. So some people know that I spent some years in the Air Force, not for the Air Force team, but I spent some years boxing. And uh, when we go through ad- adverse times, uh, one thing I like to use is bite down. So boxers go into the dental office and you get like your mouthpiece fixed and stuff like that so that you can, you can have something when you go in the ring that all oh, my teeth don't get knocked out. So, just like Mike Tyson says, like everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. And life's gonna punch us in the face. There's gonna be some things operationally that punch you in the face. You're gonna be a supervisor and there's gonna be some personnel issues that punch you in the face. But there's gonna be a point where you're gonna have to bite down, 
right? I, if I lose my mouthpiece in the ring, then I'm gonna lose all my teeth sometime, next time I get, uh, get into the ring. So there's some times that we have to bite down and grit through those things and we have to pull those people along next to us and get shoulder to shoulder and really push through, push through that stuff. Absolutely, and you know that, you know, I kind of had that type of moment, um, you know, not too long ago with a lot of stuff we brought up at, at the Waffle House. That's right. And uh, yeah, it, that, that quote is so spot. Man, Mike Tyson killed it with that quote, my God. Because, uh, you know, it could be literally and figuratively, but I, I you know, when I, when I went through that situation, um, I just wasn't, I thought I could take any punch and it wouldn't phase me. Like I got to that point for, after the, my, all the success I had at my past assignment. Yeah. But I faced an opponent who basically was Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'm thinking I can take any punch uh, without the bite down and, and that just wasn't true. So it kind of was also a reality check for me. It, it was super painful to go through. Uh, it was very difficult and I did uh, lose a lot of faith. And you asked me um, earlier, you know, what, what would I change or how would I, how would I view it differently or what do I regret or something along those lines. And yeah. I, I really was disappointed that I, I straight up lost all my faith. And, and if I look at my life now, us sitting here where we're at, clearly things did get better, right? Or I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with sure. you. So, I, I need to have faith in, in that, the, you know, the bite down, that it is temporary, right? The pain is temporary. Yes. It feels like it's forever in the moment. It really does. The rain doesn't last forever. Right. It, but it, in the moment, it really truly feels that way. It feels like you're drowning and everyone's watching you drown and you just want someone to throw you that life jacket, you know, or that lifesaver. And... And no, one's, and no one can do it, no one can reach you. It feels like that. That's how it felt. Well, that's how we work out in life and that's how we work out in our careers. There's, I like to say there's power in the reps, right? If you go into the gym, when I'm lifting weights, the only reason why I gain muscle is because I tear muscle. You actually tear your muscles when you're out there lifting, right? And so something that I keep in my pocket, and I don't think me and you have talked about this yet. Man, you, how many goodies you got in there, bro? Look, my, you my always team, got goodies in the pocket. My team loves it and they hate it at the same time because I'm like walking around jingling around the Pentagon and stuff. You got so many goodies in there. All but, right, what's this? I haven't, you're right, I haven't seen this. So one. I call it embracing the dimple, Okay. right? And so you, you see that a golf ball has all these dimples. Do you know how a golf ball got its dimples? Uh-uh. Do you know why or how? Uh, it just had to do with the way it like flies through the air or something? A little bit, right? Okay. So when golf originally started, golf balls were actually smooth. Oh, okay. Right. And so golf, you know, like started maturing and people would hit the balls and they would crack the balls. But what they found was the ones that had dimples and cracks in them actually went further. Oh, snap. That, that's kind of like counterintuitive to what you would assume. That's right. Yeah. And so like dimples, this high is probably 300 to 500 dimples on it. And it affects the trajectory, the spin, right? The takeoff, all these wow. different things because of the depth and the amount of dimples on the ball. Now, why did I say that is because for everything that you just said, we go through these tough times in our careers and we feel like they're the, the setbacks and they may be in, in a certain lens, but they're really preparing us for that next level that we're maturing to. The rain, we're either going into a storm or coming out of a storm, right? We're always in these seasons, in and out. We're not in these cycles, we're in seasons that we always trickle in and out. And the way we mature is, is just like this golf ball that's going through the sand traps. 
that's going in those ponds, mm -hmm. that's going through the rough, that's going through the nice times on the green, mm -hmm. right? Like the hole in one. That's right. We have to embrace the dimples because that's what's going to make us better. That's what's giving us the armor as we become, as we're sitting here, two senior NCOs, sitting having a shoulder to shoulder conversation because we have been through some things in our career. So we need to, like, there, we need to embrace the dimples. We need to embrace the adversity that comes in our lives because it's preparing us for the next stages. And it, and it, it allows us to go even farther. It allows us to go farther. <laughs> That's awesome. And man, that, that is so fascinating because, like, if I'm looking at these dimples and it's almost like, you've taken pieces out of it and you would assume that that would hurt the structure that it would make it weaker that's right but it in fact makes it stronger it makes it stronger that's and it wild. makes it go farther and it makes it go farther and that's how we that's... go farther we embrace those dimples you keep that wait what yeah so that's this is a, this is like a white house ball or something what yeah, is this it is are you for real well no it's not from the white house it's from but the it... presidential it's from andrews golf course and they have the presidential symbol right because wow. they do the presidential mission out of there yeah and so i always carry that around um but since we're here talking about that right that, that could be a reflection for you when you're looking at that so yeah as easy, you know what it reminds me of <laughs> being a kid on andrews that's right we, we talked about yeah it. um i lived uh on ashwood circle and across the street was the golf course and so oftentimes the balls would fly. That's amazing. Yeah, the balls would fly and I would collect them. Uh, just because as a kid Look I thought. At that. Yeah, so this came from the same place that I used to, to collect these as a child. That's kind of wild. That's awesome. <laughs> it is. It found its way back to, into my life somehow. So another thing I like to talk about is, is uh, uh, we have our, my buddy Henson. He's, in the, he's here in the room and he's a big, he's a big surfer. And so when we talk about adversity, I talk about kissing the wave. You've been at Eglin Air Force Base. You're there now. Mm -hmm. I was there, right? Mm -hmm. there, there's waves there at Eglin Air Force Base. People who've stationed at why there's waves and stuff. But, and people can testify who's been to the beach. There are those who run away from the tidal waves and get out of the way of the waves. And there are those who kiss the wave. There are those who go into the wave. Mm. The okay. obstacle is the opportunity. Okay, the obstacle is the opportunity. Okay. Right? They go kiss the wave. They yeah. go into adversity. This is not even written in my notes, but I learned that the buffalo, the cows, when a storm is coming, they'll go the other way. They will run away from the storm. Okay. But the buffalo, if a snowstorm or rainstorm is coming, they actually go into the storm. Why would they do they that? They face the storm. And guess what? They don't have to face the storm as long because they trek through the storm and then they're on the other side and they're enjoying life and stuff, but there are people that are risk averse and they run away from the storm. And, and they end up getting caught up in it even more. That's right. And they, they're caught up in fear or decision paralysis or whatever the case is. And how much more now, just as our leaders were talking, we, don't, we need NCOs that are decisive and ready to run into the storm. We need people that are ready to go to bat. We need buffaloes ready to face the storm. We need people like Sergeant Henson and like surfers that are ready to go into the obstacle because in the obstacle is where the opportunity is at. Wow, that's amazing, man. And I kind of talked about this the other day with you too. Um, I was saying I noticed what I also learned about myself when I went through adversity was that I, what was really apparent to me was either I was running from the problem or, or fighting the problem. Sure. Down to like getting out of bed in the morning and sticking. <laughs> and, I mean, down to that. Like the micro decisions yes. would impact my whole day. 
And, you know, when I, when I was starting to lose faith in myself and, and from that situation, I, those micro decisions, like, started adding up. And so it started with, like, me avoiding that person. And then that was, like, me avoiding the office. And then that was um, avoiding just talking to people. Sure. And, then, and, and it trickled down to I don't want to get out of bed. It, it got down to that point. I don't even want to get out of bed. Like, can, can, I, can I say I'm sick today? Sure. I can't do this. And uh, when I look back uh, at that situation, it didn't, it didn't, I didn't just show, I didn't just one day say I'm not, I don't want to get out of bed. It was all those little decisions that just started adding up over time. And I think the opposite can be true. You start making the decision to fight, to show up, you, you're going to start feeling like you again. That's who you are. That's who we are. Uh, it, it's not the retreat. It's not the running away. That's not, that's not natural for us. Right. Uh, what's natural and who we are and how we find who we are is, is going through that storm, being that Buffalo soldier. Man, so this is not in the script again, but me and Josh talked about this, and people are in here looking at me because they know what time it is. I keep this in my pocket. I gave one uh, to Josh, and this is exactly what you're talking about, those, those micro decisions, right? And for those who have not heard this story, I'm going to tell it right now. So I used to, to travel around with my boss all over the, uh, South America and Central America and the Caribbean and a lot of the Latin American countries, they, they would play dominoes. And he shared a very interesting story with me and I've carried it on so I could pour into other people's cups. And so this is a domino and it's two inches in size. But the fascinating thing about a domino is that it can exponentially move something that's 1.5 times its size. I can see the smile on your face. You're ready. You're ready. <laughs> yeah. It can move something that's 1.5 times its size. So a two-inch domino can move a three-inch domino, can move in a four-and-a-half-inch domino, and so on and so forth. By the time we get to the 22nd iteration, you can actually knock over the Washington Monument. That is so wild to me. That it, I, it's, uh, it's still hard to even wrap my head around that. By the time you get to the 23rd iteration, you can actually knock over the Eiffel Tower. And by the time you get to the 28th iteration, you can knock over the biggest building in the world, which is the Burj Khalifa. That is wild. The Burj Khalifa is so tall, you can actually watch the sunset from the bottom and then take an elevator to the top and watch the sunset again. <laughs> and why are we talking about this? Sully, why are you talking about dominoes and buildings and Burj Khalifas? And like, why are you talking about these things? We all have the pie in the sky goal. We have things that we want to accomplish in global competition, but it all starts with a two inch decision. It starts with those micro decisions to get out of bed, to start your day before you start your day. It starts with me talking to my daughter every day. It starts with how I engage with my wife. It starts with how I engage with airmen, how I engage with leaders, how I engage with my readiness on a daily basis. It starts with these two inch decisions that have exponential impacts in our lives. And it takes no more than my pinky to knock over this domino. We make tens of thousands of micro decisions on a daily basis. We make tens of thousands of these two inch decisions. What is your two-inch decision? I mean, you can, and if you're going in the right direction, you can accomplish anything with that anything. logic. You know what I mean? Never It would just keep compounding, That's right. and it would just keep going. That's right. It would not stop. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Damn. Blowing my mind again. I already heard the story, <laughs> but it's still blowing my mind again. How is this happening? And I have, and I still have that, that down, it's at my desk. So everywhere I go, and Sergeant White knows this, 
I carry it in my, in my pocket everywhere I go, and it's, it's a reminder when it's jingling in my pocket, when I give these dominoes out, it's, a, it's just a reminder. Um, and so when, when we're talking about micro decisions, right, and one thing is attitude determines altitude. Everybody's heard that. But one thing that I've been saying as of late, you, this is perfect because you are a medic. We just came out of a global pandemic, mm -hmm. right? And a pandemic is where something is contagious, something that spreads from an object to object to object. Mm -hmm. But I've put a different spin on that. I, like everywhere I go, I'm striving to be contagious. And what does that mean? I'm looking at energy, I'm looking at enthusiasm, and I'm looking at effort. I'm looking at energy, the vitality, of which I express myself. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at enthusiasm, my attitude, right? Mm -hmm. I might not be having the best day all the time, but my attitude and how I approach things, and then my effort, the way that I go about attempting every single task that's in front of me. It could be a family task, it could be a personal task, it could be a military task, like the effort that I put into those things. So when I have enthusiasm, energy, and effort, those things can be contagious. We are walking through ASFA how many times do we see these things around here? We see people putting in energy from the protocol team. We see you coming over here being an influencer. SimSaps coming up and talking. Right? Energy, enthusiasm, effort. And that is like trickle down all throughout here. And that becomes contagious, right? It just feeds us throughout the day. We get exhausted, but we feed off one another. And so we need to take these back to our units, and we need to be contagious. Man, it's so weird how like that there's so much of it that's just psychological. Yeah. Like... I might feel exhausted and I might need to like sit down for a minute, but then I could talk to Sully and just by hearing those words, I feel awake again and yeah. I feel like I can go about my day again. Nothing changed. I literally just heard you talk. How freaking weird is that? That's weird, man. But it's true. <laughs> it's true. Like I, I'm working harder than I ever have before on this thing, but I'm still here. I'm still going. I can keep doing it. I can keep doing it. Um, because of, you know, talks like this and the people that I've been meeting, I'm suddenly able to do it again. I'm, I can get back up and I can do it the next day and the next day and the next day. That's right. And every day is, feels like the hardest day I've ever put in for work, and yet the next day I can do it all over again. That's right. And it's because of these conversations and people like you. Uh, so, so much of it is really, you know, psychological, more than, more than we realize. Uh, I mean, even David Goggins, you know, he talks about like, <laughs> like when you hit that wall, like you, you still Callous have your mind. Like, I'm not going to go into all that, <laughs> but, but, the, but the one thing I like about what he said is basically when you hit that wall and you think you're done, you still have plenty in the tank. Sure. You think you're done, but you're not done. You're not done. You're nowhere near it. We're nowhere near it. Yeah. Psychological. Yeah. So I try to keep that. You just got to keep that momentum, man. And that, that outlook, that attitude. That's right. That fight. Be contagious. Be contagious. Yeah, let it ripple out. We gotta put hope to action. I get hopeful when I see leaders exemplifying the things that I wanna chase after. I don't, we don't need the lip service. We need ready war fighters. We need ready people. We need human intelligence, emotional intelligence. We need these things. Um, and put hope to action and model those things. Absolutely, man, beautiful. What else we got? That, that's it. That's it? We need, that's a, bo it. We need a bonus round. <laughs> bonus we, round. Yeah, because I, I don't want to end right now. I want a bonus round. Let's take a, let's take a, a guest, someone from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking someone from the audience, y'all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Should I just sit here? Yeah, sit there. Okay. I'll move. Yeah. All right. So this is the bonus round. Okay. Um, and you know, I just want to bring you in here just because um, Henson, you heard the whole talk. Oh yeah. And I see you nodding your head, shaking your head, and so. Uh, I want to leave the last part of this episode uh, with what you want to talk about with Sully. Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, hello out there, uh, Master Sergeant Henson. I'm the uh, Langley Air Force Base ALS Commandant. And uh, yeah, you know, I met, I met Sully uh, at a time in my life, um, and, and the Waffle House story that you, that you talk about with him, you know, um, resonates with me because um, I met him at a time in my life when I was, I was struggling. and. Uh, he kind of came into the to the organization, and I was at that joint task force with him, and uh, I felt like I was alone on an island. You know, they talk about alone and unafraid, and all these <laughs> all these things, right? And and I felt that uh, I, I I didn't have a peer uh, with me, you know. And then Sully came in, and uh, yeah, you know, the way that um, he he can influence someone, and the way that you speak, and the the energy that you bring um, when you think you don't have something left you can just have a conversation with him and you can have a and it can be anybody right that that can bring that to you um and they can get you through a lot and uh you know uh for for example um i hated running my entire life uh i i, I hated it most of my military career and by the time our relationship ended at the task force uh, this man had me running in a 100-mile ultramarathon in a, as a team from the right. top of Key West down to the bottom, right? And, um, and, and, and to something like that that has carried on uh, to my life to this day, where, where I've developed a, a, a love for running and a, and a love for minimalist running and things like that. And, uh, yeah, you know, I carry, I carry my domino uh, with me that, that, that Sully gave me. Um, I actually put it on my, on my desk. I don't always have it in my pocket. Um, I don't need stuff jingling around the <laughs> around the schoolhouse. The students start wondering things about me, so I, I do keep it on my desk. And I actually uh, I give a version of the of the two inch decision brief to to my ALS students um, the, uh, uh, because I, I find it vitally and vitally important, especially now in our Air Force. That's right. So, all right. Hey, thank you for hey man. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. you. Yeah. Appreciate for, you. For joining us. Uh, we took someone from the audience. <laughs> we got this whole crowd out here. We just took a random person. You just happen to, to know who you are. That's, that's actually amazing. Uh, but hey, we're here at the AFSA Summit. We're here uh, where so many amazing talks are happening. So many lives are changing. And so I definitely implore you next August to sign up to get out here uh, just like Sully did. Uh, to come have awesome, meaningful conversations. So, hey, man, I want to thank you. No, thank you. Thank you so much, man. Um, you know, you're a brother for life, obviously. Right. Anything you ever need, you just let me know and I'm there. Let's get it. Let's get it.